on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Move over, BK. Google is letting you have it your way with Google's new My Ad Center. S-E-O no. Google schleps bad advice in their marketing and e-commerce certification course. Did someone say vertical asset compatibility? It's RGA okay with me. Oh, God, all on today's show. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't funny. You come up with that right away. (laughs) Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on Friday, May 13th, 2022. Happy Friday the 13th to all those who celebrate, including Jess Bud. Thank you. So happy to see you. It's a big holiday for you, right? It is. Yeah, she put in the notes Friday the 13th in parentheses <laughs> after I said Friday, May 13th. So just wanted to make sure we gave you your credit there. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. What is new in your life, Jess? My life, well, not it's not about me at all. Mother's Day just happened. Shep, you and I are moms. We've talked about this. Mother's Day is not about the newest moms in the group. It's kind of about no. the oldest moms, right? So Sunday, I went to my grandmother's house to celebrate her and all of her children, one of which is my mother, who didn't show up until three hours later because she was hungover from the night before, but it's fine. It's her day. So we're all there. I was hungover on Mother's Day, too. I was drunk on Mother's Day after this. After this. So we're there in the morning for coffee and donuts, and that's all lovely. And I'm just la-ti-da, having a day, not thinking about anything. My aunt gives my son V8 which he spilled all over my grandmother's white carpet, and I didn't think to intercept that. So that was a thing. Then the my uncle was there. He had to leave because the dog was going nuts, which I felt like was my fault because he was just a little bit aggressive around the toddler that I own. That you own. That I own. And then my mother shows up, hungover, freshly showered, three hours <laughs> later, only for my grandmother to tell her that she called National Grid to inquire about her electric bill and ended up signing up for Life Alert and giving away her bank routing number. So then my mom had to go fix that. So I went home and had some tequila in the yard. None of the, it was just like the perfect storm between like 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Mother's Day. And this is why I don't want to celebrate. I don't need this. It was a lot. Mother's Day should just be all the moms get to just go away and lock themselves in a room. That's That's what happens to the Finns. My wife worked the entire Mother's Day and I got out of her way. Bless her. Yeah. Because I like I went to a party and had to cook for it. Like you have to. It's not about the moms. Right. And I'm all for celebrating my mother. But like no one celebrated me. My husband's going to be in Disneyland on Father's Day and it's all about me. So (laughs) she'll be there too. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Greg, what's new with you? <clears throat> so, as everybody knows, this year we've deemed to be the year of Greg, right? And yep. we haven't had many updates here. But PBC Greg 
just had a spotlight profile with his real true identity over on PPC chat. Regular Diana Ross. I know. He's coming and out, baby. I'm supporting him <laughs> with one of the sportiest sports known to man that he coaches, I believe. Um, so check that out if you want to see who PPC Greg really is and his job, uh, officialppcchat.com. But just a quick update. I feel like I've got a lot of segments of, of my year of Greg. A lot of them are doing really good and some are doing just real bad. But like I'd say parenting and family, I'm crushing it. Like if you guys think I try hard here, like I've got that. That's great. Business, I know like a few weeks ago we said we had room for one more client. We don't have room for anything. We're, we've got too much business, so that's going great. I think it's down to like the physicalness is what I need to get back. So I think the saying goes like summer bodies are made in like the month before summer or something like that. That's right? a great saying. I think saying. they're made before, in winter. <laughs> oh, in winter. So like that's where I'm trying to go. And I don't know what it is. I'm just my I am breaking down everywhere. I tried to go running and I ran, I think it was like two miles, two and a half miles or something like that. And my calf, like it strained my calf. And I'm like, what is going on? What is happening? I've never had a problem with my like I can run five miles anytime in my life ever. And so then I have to wait two weeks. My calf seems like it's fixed. So then I start running again. I'm like concentrating on my calf. And I like severely strain my other calf. Is, is this normal? Is Are this, you stretching? Am I just not ever going to be the same again? Is that what it is? Because I need to get the physical part of the yog here. Are you stretching? I stretch. 70% of Americans forget to stretch before physical activity. Is that activity. a real stat? It's a quote from heavyweights. I mean, I guess I got to <laughs> I <love everybody. laughs> stretch more. I don't know. I've never had a problem with my legs before. So weird. That is weird. So, so my that's that's where I'm at. I'm failing on the yog, but the good thing is everybody's invited. It's for anybody that wants to do better this year. And it's not some kind of crash diet together, whatever type thing here. It's like you can jump in anytime. So if you want to help, jump in on the physical side, business side, family side, anytime you want, you're in and we're here for you. Okay. So. Well, maybe yeah. yogging just has to mean jogging for you instead of running. I just take it slow. I, I think that that's what it's got to be, unfortunately, for this old bag of bones over here. Well, I had a really exciting weekend. I went to a wedding. I haven't been out in a while. As you know, like I rip it up on the dance floor. Father of the bride told me I was the best dancer there. So I had like one of the all-time pairs of shoes I've ever worn in my life. There are these <laughs> green feather shoes. We've got to show a picture of you the outfit. You have to. But you just knew when I left the house that like they weren't going to last all night. And I'm the queen of like taking my shoes off, heading over to the dance floor, going home with brown feet. It just happens. <laughs> and this time, usually I might sneak a pair of like flats, flip-flops in my purse. But last weekend I went to the theater and dropped my purse in the toilet so I don't have a purse. So I had to put all my stuff in my husband's pockets. <laughs> I show up there, no shoes. So I start dancing barefoot. Somebody dropped their white wine spritz on the dance floor. It was me. <laughs> I was the only barefoot person. And then I was the one who ruined it for myself. So then I had to find some, I had to improvise. I found some flip-flops, but they were like size 12 men's. And I was like clopping around the rest of the night. It really ruined it. Ruined my stride. Why didn't you just put flats? In your husband's pockets. Why did you put them in your pockets? He was pretty mad about all the other things I had. he had to carry. I didn't have pockets. You don't have more than one purse? No. Even I have more than one purse. I hate purses. I'm not a purse And especially lady. now that I'm a mother. Like, you don't ever need a purse if you have a diaper bag. 
Yeah, bring your diaper bag. It's not about you. It's not your wedding. Who cares? Yeah. I have 10,000 purses at home. I'll bring a few for you. <laughs> just in the house, not mine. So, yeah, that was really fun. I'll get a purse eventually. I just need to find the right one. Put okay. green feathers on it. <laughs> More importantly, Greg, do you have anything to share about Ukraine? Yes. As we start a show each week, we are going to be talking about ways you can help Ukraine. Bright Local is still raising that money for Ukraine with the local SEO for Ukraine event. It is Wednesday, May 25th. You can see the Mimster and a whole bunch of other people talking, Joy Hawkins, all some, some favorites as well. So sign up for that and all the money will go to the Ukraine. So don't miss that. Thank you, Bright Local. What's happening in the news? All right. So first up in the news, Google I.O. happened right before we, we recorded today. And usually it's more about kind of like the product focus from Google, but there was some big ads news that dropped today. There's going to be the launch of what is called My Ads Center. And what my, or sorry, My Ad Center. And so what My Ad Center will be is a way that users can go to a Google-owned property and try to help put in, like, basically influence what ads they like, what ads they don't like, topics they like, and brands that they like. Hmm. So users will be able to go in and say, oh, I like this. I am a big fan of uh, feathered feathery shoes here, <laughs> and I want to go follow them. So you actually be able to follow brands and then try. It, it, some of the controls really look like like discover what you might see with a minus or a plus so for ads yes for the ads themselves That's wild. Um, and but it's really it, it, you go into there and you can see topics and you can say oh yes i am interested in vermin or, or maybe you'd see that and just smash the plus button um, <laughs> or you could say i dislike like i don't i want less of that um, so that's one of the really cool things, and it makes all the privacy in one location. So there's also some sensitive events that you can opt out of, essentially, right? So some of those sensitive events may be something um, specifically like alcohol, and you don't want to see ads for that, gambling, um, pregnancy, things like that that some people just don't want to see in their feed, and you'll be opted out of that for YouTube, for search, and for discover but only ads only ads and yes it, it those three is what it's launching with and it may roll out to all of the google owned and operated um locations like gmail and things like that but for now it's those three and again it, it's a really nice look but the thing that i think is the best is you can just click right on the ad so you can go to my ad center or you can click on the ad and make the the decisions right there so people have a lot of options to do this and I think this is super smart from a mm -hmm. Google standpoint. If people actually use this, they're giving you user verified data as to what they want to see more of. I'm thinking about all the audience signals we could get. Yes, from this. exactly. Mm -hmm. And you can say, I want to see more of this or I want to see less of this. So it could be used there. This is not what it is. A, this is speculation. The announcement is about privacy controls and giving people more, more control. So you can also hop in there and there's a really big toggle in there to say, I want to turn personalization off. So if you want to, it's in the top right when you get into my ad center, which is really cool. But overall, I think, it, it again, crystal ball, just guessing here. If this data makes its way to, again, more ad targeting, that would be a huge benefit for people if people use it. You know what I mean? That's like mm -hmm. the one big caveat I see is who's going to hop in there and start saying, oh, give me this, give me this, give me this. I would imagine that if people don't like something, they're probably just like, 
personalization off. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of nice things in there too. Like I don't want to see alcohol. If somebody's trying to be sober, you can pick out. I don't want to see these ads. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of positivity in here. But one note, this does not apply to the display network. So That's a lot. It's like a big, yeah. <laughs> and it seems like there's obviously like legal complications for this and, and probably, you know, implementation problems with it. But so there will be a secondary set of settings upon launch that users will be able to see for their display in other property networks. So like search partners or Gmail maybe even, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but for sure, dis- for sure the display you'll have two different sections where you have to kind of control what you like, which is a little goofy, um, and then they will not communicate. So you cannot say, in my ad center, I like, you know, um, uh, V8 juice or something like that. I hate it. Laugh, it. please. <laughs> but that won't make tomato. it. <laughs> it was red. Were you having Bloody Marys? Why was there tomato I V8? I wish. It was just regular V8. This was at my grandma's house. She eats five jars of pickles a week and tomato juice. This is her diet. Five jars of pickles? <laughs> Literally. Like, That's a lot of pickles. I know. My uncle has to go to Wegmans at the local grocery store and buy them for her weekly. She just sits there with a fork and eats pickles. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> if she's if you say I don't, I want to see a loss of V eight, it will not make its way to the display network. So if you do see some discrepancy upon launch, at least there will be two locations which that's interesting and maybe not the best implementation, but it seems like that's. What it has to happen. To do. So, again, I think overall it's going to be a good initiative if people use it. And that's always a problem with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. cool. What you got, Shep? Okay. Well, I am just an SEO girly this week. Do you guys remember when we talked about Google's new digital marketing and e commerce certification course a couple weeks ago? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where you can like take the certification and potentially get a job as a, a search engine optimization specialist. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, basically. So it was in the landing page. Did either of you sign up? No. No. Okay. K was going to check it out on our team, though. Well, John Luca Fiorelli gave us a little peek behind the curtain to show us what we missed because he signed up and he has a little screenshot from the Coursera course. It says, How to Avoid Keyword Stuffing. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess is lifting up her computer so she can read it. Quote, Write more than 300 words on your web page. Another quote, keep your keyword density below an industry standard 2%. This means that 2% of the words on the web page should or fewer should be target keywords. Who's industry? That's one of our questions here. So, John Luca tweeted this screenshot. He said, seriously, write more than 300 words and keyword density? I mean, keyword stuffing is bad, sure, but solving it by spreading SEO myths that SEOs try to eliminate? So Danny Goodwin turned this whole saga into an article on SEJ and he just straight up called it, Google's digital marketing course offers bad SEO advice. Oh, good. <laughs> He's good. not wrong. Go good. Danny. Yeah. Goodwin. It's Go really it's really funny. He's making jokes. He's quoting Inception. It's a little bit of a long read, but everyone should read it. And he points out that this is a bit of a pivot from what Google has said in the past about keyword 
density and word count for SEO. So John Mueller, as Danny Goodwin points out, said in 2018, word count is not indicative of quality. Some pages have a lot of words that say nothing. Some pages have very few words that are very important and relevant to queries. You know your content best, hopefully. <laughs> I kind of love John Mueller. <laughs> and you decide whether it needs the details. Then in 2019 on Reddit, he just said, word count is not a ranking factor. Then in 2021, he said, from our point of view, the number of words on a page is not a quality factor, not a ranking factor. So just blindly adding more and more text to a page doesn't make it better. Okay, so keyword density. In 2006, Matt Cutts, who worked for Google at the time, said, in the on-page space, I'd recommend thinking more about words and variants, the long tail, and thinking less about keyword density or repeating phrases. Then in 2011, he said, quote, I would love it if people would stop obsessing about keyword density. It's going to vary. It's going to vary by area. It's going to vary based on what other sites are ranking. It, it is not a hard, it's not a hard and fast rule, end quote. So that's a little conflict there with what they've said in the past. And to be fair, Danny Sullivan replied, as Greg has pointed out, he said, I'm not on the team that produced that, nor are they part of the search team. As someone from the search team, we don't recommend any limits or density or anything like that. This can be ignored. I'll pass it on. Our advice from search is here. And he linked an article. I missed that. I was I was looking pretty diligently at the search liaison handle, and I, I get alerts from that. So I missed that response the, from the official tweets from Google's public liaison of search. You'd have to have alerts on for at Danny Sullivan to see that. Oh, it's on his personal Yeah. Account. Okay. So... What's your feedback? I, I There's just, a lot. So. I, like, thank you, Danny, for clarifying. But why wouldn't you pull the search team in? This course is from Google. Who to did be, it if not the search team? Okay. To answer that question, to be fair, Google does a fantastic job of separating church and state when it comes from algorithms and actual implementation. I think the bigger question is why. Why would you do this? And yeah. then where did you get this information from? Yeah, who did participate right, in this? Right, right. I think that's yeah. a bigger thing. And, and one of the best things I've seen written about this was from Danny Goodwin when he wrote the – and let me just find this exact part that he wrote. It was perfect. Let me said. give an update while you're looking. You because after that, on May 11th, Google had removed the keyword research and keyword stuff, stuffing section from the course, so it's not there anymore. Just so feel like we need that. to update it. Yeah. Right. But you can also go out there and say publicly, we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest problem with Google and their PR right now, mm -hmm. in my my humble opinion, is that this is a mistake. So make it public. Why do you sweep everything under the rug and do little responses here? There should be a big thing saying, we put misinformation out. Apologies. The correct information is this. And what Danny Goodwin said, I kind of know two Dannys Danny in my on life. Danny. And it's yeah. Danny Goodwin and Danny Sullivan. <laughs> but so what Danny Goodwin wrote is two sentences. My advice on writing content is simple. Write what it's worth. It should be long enough to be comprehensive and better than what your competition has published. That's all you need to say. Yeah. It's great advice just in life. That's perfect. Forget I've never SEO. It's summed up so succinctly mm -hmm. there. That's and good. to be fair, I, I I am part of the Third Door Media team, which t technically I think is still owned by Danny Sullivan. Danny Goodwin works there. So 
I'm oh, that's everything. crazy. Yeah, I always forget he's, about he's, that. I think he still has shares. Don't quote me on that, but it, founded by Danny Sullivan and Danny Goodwin is the editor. Yeah. So I'm I'm team everybody here. But yeah. it's just very misleading. You're the biggest search engine, and you're giving this course. And you're saying things that go against things you said in the past. And like you said, on the description, it talks about how it can help you get a job, whatever. It also said all course instructors are Google employees who are subject matter experts. And then That's Danny the Sullivan is coming in and saying it's incorrect. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. Everybody that took that course should get an email saying, oh, we had incorrect yeah. information. And oh, there should be sure. a, a message out there instead of. All the nonsense that we are drowned out by. And then also Danny Goodwin did some digging and it seems like the word count advice from the Google course <laughs> probably came from Yoast. <laughs> it's like very similarly written. So these subject matter experts just know what to Google. You're the search engine <laughs> and you're doing your research from Yoast. To be fair, yeah. they do a fantastic job of keeping the secrets in with the secret people. Mm -hmm. And that's where like I... I I, I don't think I But also, to be fair, nobody asked them to do a course. They didn't need to do this. Why I, did I, they I'm, do and this? And they probably shouldn't. I'm not arguing with you. I just, I know at one SMX, I was in a, a, a Q&A session where people just ask questions. And one of the people that's asking a question was SMX New York. You were there. Um, I don't think you were in the session. They asked a question and they were from Google. And it, I, it like blew my mind. A it's Googler like that's, asked a question. A Googler asked a question about SEO. And like that's how... Mm. That's how serious they take it. So, like, give them credit for this, but give them zero credit for putting this course out with misinformation. Agreed. Well, that was SEO Girlies with Shep. What else is happening this week? PPC Girlies with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old joke. All my jokes this week are overused, so get ready. Um, from that guy, Greg Finn, for this week? Search Engine Land. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Google's responsive display ads go vertical for a better mobile experience that's right people things are about to look a lot nicer on mobile this is a quote from google our all new mobile first layouts can accommodate any portrait image or video asset yay and automatically generated videos can help you access full screen mobile ad inventory yee <laughs> that second part's a little bit terrifying i don't think we need to warn anybody out there that has been listening Google's reputation for machine learning generated video is not great. Y'all heard the horror stories yeah. from Pmax. I'm so. still waiting to see one live. I still, I have not either. I feel like maybe that people are just turning them Somebody off. Somebody needs not to do there. a screen recording. Yeah, that would be really, really helpful. Please do that and share it with us. So, just a word of caution on that video side: if you have vertical video assets, please add them yourself. Do mm -hmm. not rely on Google to do this. Um, but I think it's a good thing in general. Like things look better on mobile. We'll have um, a screenshot of what it can look like up if you're watching us on YouTube. It looks good. It looks better. It looks more native, which is the whole point of this, right? So I think it's good. And also with this RDA update, they are launching what they're calling image uncropping. It's basically automatically expanding images to fill the available space rather than putting white space around it and keeping the original aspect ratio, which I've seen worked really well as far as desktop wallpapers. Imagine so. if uncropping. <laughs> <laughs> I have really high hopes for this. That would be funny in like the real world Instagram to see like what people cropped out of their photos. Ooh. Wow. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and really, like, it, the examples they shared look great. It's flawless execution. But again, don't expect that. Just if you have 
an asset in the right aspect ratio or size, just like upload it yourself, please. Yeah. It looks awesome, but like what dum dum put in vertical and horizontal images and square images? It's weird what was put in there. I think yeah. it's just to help with automation, honestly, to be like, whatever images you have, we can work with it, don't worry. For sure. And I really do hope that it just crops the right part. Again, it looks like it's, it looks clearly it's an ad for a bag here and they're yeah, doing a great it. job. Yeah, you do. You need a new purse. This one does not have I would feathers. not opt out of that in Ad Center. <laughs> you could put so many pairs of flats and flip-flops in this bag. <laughs> so all good things, again, used with caution, but great move, I think. On top of the changes to RDAs, Google also announced a new destination for creative inspiration. And I shout cease and desist because I'm the only one that can rhyme. It is a library. <laughs> I didn't know if in an article you use a rhyme that it is a crime. You'll do the time. <laughs> that rhyme was mine. Okay. Um, anyway, it's a library of some of the most successful creative assets from across Google ads, including discovery display apps and YouTube. It's filterable by things like ad format, channel, industry, vertical, and more. It's a nice little cue. We see a lot of social networks doing this, like view successful um, ads and get inspired by them. So I think it's great. I love that they're also embracing vertical. I think these are good things. Adding in mobile-focused assets, obviously, um, if you do that and your ads are running on mobile, I would can only hope that you will see an improvement in CTR, to say the least. But again, please don't rely on machines to do anything for you. Develop your own assets, people, but great to see. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. And this week's Take of the Week comes from Mike Ryan Retail on Twitter. Mike Ryan, host of the growing e-commerce podcast, the online retail growth podcast that you should listen to. I added the should listen to part in here. But Mike had a tweet that said, I expect performance max for retail adoption to be high and fast. Specifically, 75% of shopping related spend by October. Bold statement. Let's discuss. And then he's got a thread, a bunch of graphs and charts that I love. I mean, you know me, <laughs> but there's a great thread on here from Mike. I sure hope not. <clears throat> that's my that's my take on it. I get it that a lot of people use this. It's not the worst thing in the world, it's close. But it's not the worst thing in the world. I just, 75% of spend by October. That's a lot. That is huge. Three it's, quarters of spend to be exact. And it, it, it honestly wouldn't be that bad if there was any kind of like decent reporting. I just cannot imagine that you are unable to remove audiences from people that have unsubscribed to your newsletter. How could that be? It's fairly hard to remove your brand terms. You only have 2,000 negatives. How could that be? A Pmax campaign, Google says, needs to take four to six weeks before you touch it with changes. How could this be? I, Mike Ryan is a brilliant, brilliant guy. Listen to his podcast. He's like a fan of the show, Power Listener. We should have him on a show. He's great. 
I just hope you're wrong, Mike. I hope you're. I hope you are. This is the most wrong you've ever been. Because I, I really hate Pmax and anybody with giant catalogs of products. It just sucks. It sucks. And then the inability to see things and the ability to control things. It really stinks. So I hope you're wrong, Mike. <laughs> Good take. Good take. Listen to listen to his podcast, Growing E-Commerce with Mike Ryan. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from PPC Greg Kohler. <laughs> How dare you? He's only known as PPC Greg here. I yeah, but now we finally out. know it's not you. Well, it's like PPC like Kirk's real thing. name is PPC Kirk. Yeah, for sure. PPC Greg's name is PPC Greg. We can't confuse people now. It was just one time, okay? Do you think this is going to impact Greg of the Year ballots? What if some of the ballots come in with By the way, the name? voters are all at this table, so but, but, <laughs> there's no do we think. <laughs> but what if you split the votes? Because I, I know his last name. You vote last name. You vote handle. I mean, I, that's my path for success this year. I knew it last year. By the way, should we tell the story about how we found out who PPC Greg was? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so Greg is like such a weirdo. Greg. This one. <laughs> Greg. This one thing. <laughs> he can literally find anything. Like there's times you're in a meeting, it's like, okay, I got to find this. And in two seconds, he's like, got it up. Or like just everything. Like I don't know how you do what you do. So we've gone back and forth for months about who PPC Greg was and you had guesses. And then one day you just sent me a LinkedIn link to someone's profile on Slack with no caption. I thought it said got him or something like that. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Or something. I didn't understand and I just clicked on it so he could see I was logged in. He saw that I viewed his profile and then he was like, Chef, how did you find me? <laughs> <laughs> we looked like such creeps. We just want to know who our people are. But I, I'm not the creep. Like I didn't care that much. I was going to let him live in anonymity forever. But I agree. He's he's legit a great marketer, and everybody should pause right now and go follow at PPC Greg on Twitter. Yeah, but we've known who he is for a bit. Yeah, real name, PPC Greg. <laughs> so he says, Spotify ads offering $125 ad credit for new and current advertisers. So if you're in Discord with us, community.marketingacloth.com, you'll have the scoop here that he said the top part of the announcement says we're offering new ad studio customers $125 credit. But in the Q&A, it says, quote, if you already have an active ad set, the credit will be applied to your next bill. Hmm. So he says he's going to follow up and let us know if it's applied to his next bill or not. And I trust you, PPC Greg, let us know. Just Bud wants to test it, so. So badly. Somebody let me <laughs> test Spotify, please. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, I was just talking about Spotify and now I have to talk about Shopify. I'm so sorry. (laughs) They tweeted, today we launched Shopify audiences an exclusive audience building tool that connects Shopify merchants with high intent buyers using hashtag machine learning. Check it out in the thread to learn more. The thread says, 
our hashtag machine learning <laughs> model, builds an audience of high-level le intent buyers tailored per merchant. The audience is directly and securely exported to their ad network of choice. We're giving merchants a granular look at results through audience-level measurement. Having a transparent attribution model is essential so merchants have a high degree of trust about what marketing tactics are driving conversion. So this, I would love to give a test if I was in the e-com space to see if they can uncover some good shoppers. But that is really cool announcement. Can't wait to hear more about it. Shopify. Brett Westerman tweeted at Andrea Cruz, BFF of the show, and said, I just noticed that LinkedIn lead gen forms now pull background images from ad creative rather than company page banners. Celebration emoji? What would you call that? It's like a megaphone with the streamers. I use it is all the time, but what is it? Oh, it is ta-da. It's ta-da, Okay, right? yeah. Ta-da. <laughs> I've complained for years to any rep who would listen. The visual continuity should improve form conversion rate. I just love that Brett Westerman w went directly to Andrea Cruz to make this announcement I because he knows that she's just the LinkedIn ads girly. And that sounds like a really common sense change, so love to see it. Okay, Andrew Lolk had a question for our ads ladies on Jenny Marvin this week. He said, the performance rating in the asset report for responsive search ads and Google ads, how is that calculated? What factors are built into the performance rating? Ginny replied and said, assets are ranked as low, good, best based on their performance relative to other assets of the same type. So headlines are compared to other headlines, descriptions compared to descriptions, whatever. I don't, I still don't understand what performance means. Is it clicks? Is it conversions? Is it impressions? Pretty sure that's the information we were looking for. I would have guessed it was compared to other headlines. Sorry, Ginny. Yeah. So last I checked, this was a while before we recorded this, like almost a week, and neither of them have responded. So I guess Andrew and Ginny are just both happy with that answer, but I would like some more info. Okay. The Internet Advertising Bureau. Did you have something to say? No, I'm just going to say I'm not commenting on Mr. Positivity this week. Oh, okay. I've been too down on PMAX. I'm going to let everything slide. Okay. Well, by the way, you're down on PMAX. You've tested it. You're not, like, just ruling it out. Uh, no. I'm, 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 we need... I need better vibes here. Yeah. Okay. I'm bringing the vibes up. Okay. By not talking. Okay. <laughs> Does it, okay, Internet Advertising Bureau, IAB, isn't that a liquor thing too? What? IAB? No? I'm making that up? Not my liquor. Okay. <laughs> what, what's Budweiser? It's now, they got bought by. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking Bush? of. No, but they got bought by the um, Swedish company? Oh, I don't That's know. what I'm thinking of. Thank you, Greg. I'll look it up while you talk. Okay. InBev. In oh, Bev. InBev. Wait, maybe that's oh InBev. I've heard of them. Maybe that's really, not IAB. what I was. You're it's like, not IAB. It's InBev. Close. <laughs> it's not. There's also, an I and a B. Lying by omission is still lying. That is a quote from Sons of Anarchy. Okay. So you just keeping the vibes high by not saying anything. We can see you stewing on there. <laughs> Look, it, the, the the audio listeners can't. So that's mm. what I'm thinking. Okay, we're here for the video, folks. Do you want to know what IAB says or no? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, I do. No, I do. I think it's important. This is a podcast. This, let's hear about it. Okay. IAB. I just made that up. Originally expected U.S. podcast revenue to reach $2 billion in 2023. Well, now it says the industry will cross that figure this year. Whoa. What year is this? 2022. Just making sure. 
U.S.-based ad sales on podcasts will exceed $2 billion by the end of 22 and will hit $3 billion next year and will cross $4 billion by 2024. Call us. Can I just say something? Out of this number, this $2 billion number, we literally had zero impact. <laughs> we made money. We got one some week. stickers. One week from we got stickers. Yes. But that money, that $2 billion, it ain't coming here. We're having $2 billion worth of fun, though, right? I would totally. don't disagree. Okay, another hot tip from Discord. Join us at community.marketingoclock.com. Dario Zanoni, a real power player in there. He said that the quick help function seems seen in beta in some Google Ads accounts. A help icon hovers over the button, the bottom right corner in the ads manager window. You guys, the worst part about Discord is the only thing we can do to get it into the notes is a screenshot and it is so small. I feel like just bud every time. Okay. So you feel great. <laughs> Click the icon to open a help section with contents relevant to the page. Not bad, but I'd like the option to turn it off. Yeah, I would too. He compared it to Clippy. I didn't realize that Clippy got so much hate. Oh, poor Clippy. I'm a Clippy guy. It led yeah. me down a rabbit hole. Like, there's a lot of hate out there for Clippy. He was really in your face, but you could change him to like a cat and that was fun. You guys, an animated clip. What? It, wait. Paperclip. Paperclip. Paper part of his Wikipedia page is controversy. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> That's all we have left. Justice for Clippy. Okay, and justice for organic. What's happening there? All right. Well, I would like to think that absolutely nobody can have any controversy with our first story that came out of Google I.O. today, just before we recorded this. We give Google a lot of crap here, as you heard from one of our main stories about their course, but I don't think anybody can give any heck for this. There's something out there that they're releasing called the Monk Skin Tone Scale, and it's going to be applied to Google Images, at least at first, and it's been uh, built by partnership with Harvard professor and sociologist. Sociolo Keep that sociologist? in. Sociologist. We've had a lot of big words today. Anonymity. Like, I was like, proud of you. I know. I can't believe I said anonymity. I can't even say performance max. I got to say Pmax. Anyway, <laughs> by Dr. Ellis Monk. And it's basically a new skin tone scale that's going to be more inclusive of the spectrum of skin tones that are actually in society. So if you're saying there, there's a great GIF, and this came from not the Danny Sullivan account, I don't think. I think I saw it on the Search Liaison account. Um, a good gif of this, and hopefully it'll be up right here. Killer, i shoot it over to you. So if you're looking for something like wedding inspiration, um, you will see likely a lot of different folks out there. But if you want to see uh, the different skin tone that you might resonate the most with, you can then choose one of those different tones, and the images will match that. So I think, I, I sincerely hope nobody has a, any kind of there's no divisiveness with this. This is shouldn't be objectively amazing, yeah. um, and I think this is a big deal. And to be fair, Google's done a great job of this, especially with some of the um, the technology they put out with with different cameras and things like that. So you love to see it. And again, that is called the Monk Skin Tone Scale. There's ten different items, and then I think they're actually opening it up to like the the source to try to help people revise upon it. But basically, you won't see the same old pictures every time. People are going to be included, and that's what we need. So more power to Google, you know, and credit where credit is due. This is amazing. All right, next up from Search Engine Roundtable, Barry Schwartz has a 
It's basically a Glenn Gabe tweet. So I'm just going to say it's a Glenn Gabe tweet where Glenn Gabe said, look at web stories. Short video carousel is now showing for various celebrity names. Very interesting. Includes TikTok, Facebook, and of course, YouTube shorts. And then Barry goes on to talk that it's Glenn Gabe and Brody Clark who are leading the charge on all the web stories items. But we talked about it. Web stories seem to have been coming you know, more and more and more. And then all of a sudden... Google is pivoting a little bit to, to short videos, which I personally hate, but whatever. Some people like it, fine. I Some of the web stories I get are hot trash too, to be fair, so whatever. If you like short videos in your search engine results pages, good. <laughs> Who am I to stop you? If you like hot trash, good for you. <laughs> All right, and from Hollywood Reporter, it appears that YouTube is planning, Shep, you might actually love this, a live shopping bet as ad revenue growth is slowing. Bet? So, bet, bet? Yeah, no, no, they're betting on live shopping. Like sports betting? No, like HSN or whatever you watch. What's your thing? You're betting on QVC. that? QVC. Um, anyway, YouTube execs are placing that on live shopping and other commerce integrations with the video streaming platform. And according to the VP of America's Tara Whippert Lever, Levy, related killer or no? Yeah. No? Um, they said multi-commerce is one of the things that we've been taking some time to figure out the way to match because YouTube is already a huge part of offline commerce, whatever that means. Um, but essentially, there's no specifics that were disclosed. It was more like they're pursuing a direct tie into the videos and experience. I still think they should make the apps work on your TV. That might be where I would start if I was Susan. But that's just me. Every recommendation I get is a video I've already seen. I've already said this. Ooh. Would you like a video you've already seen that's a short video in it's portrait mode? so frustrating. They have... No. Okay. I wish them well. I wish them well. No, you don't, but... I wish you. them well. All right, next up from Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Roundtable. Google Now is supporting education Q&A structured data. So there's a couple new um, uh, elements that you can use of structured data. Uh, one is a flashcard page. So if a page has flashcards that typically have a question on one side and answer on the other, you can use that in schema. And then mm. another is a single Q&A page. Little different than what they have with the Q&A page markup. Now, if you have one question that users can then input um, and submit answers to, and it's just one question on a page, that is a new schema as well. So if you're in the education game, check it out. What are you smiling Are you about? thinking what I'm thinking? Education connection? Oh, no. I was just thinking how much even easier it'll be to cheat on the Google Ad certification exams oh. if the answers are right in the surface. <laughs> <laughs> but education no. connection is a good callback. Yeah. They word it differently. It's like different examples about Clarice and her shop selling hats. It won't work for that. She sells fava beans. <laughs> All right. Next up from Yahoo Finance, there is an article called This Quote Raider, end quote, gets paid $10 an hour to teach Google's algorithm. And he's not alone. So this person, Andrea Garfinkel, great name, by the way. Oh, my wow. gosh. That's my main is name. Is it spelled the same? No. no I'm oh, you're Gar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's spelled differently, but you just don't look ahead here. You're going to love this. Okay. Her first, th this She's the, family. I love her. This is the first paragraph. She says, Google search may feel like magic, but the engine's efficacy relies on hourly employees who work for a subcontractor. 
In the internet age, these are quite literally the people who help you find the right pair of pants. <laughs> and so I'm like, that's a good entry. Then she goes on to this next paragraph. She says, quote, if somebody's looking for pants on the internet, we want to make sure that it's actually a pair of pants, not a picture of a pair of pants or a sculpture of a pair of pants, says Christopher Coley, who's worked as a quality writer since 2017. Quote, sometimes you actually need a human to do that. To do what? Sculpt quality pants? Rate. To oh. say this is a pair of pants and not a sculpture of pants. Okay. So apparently Coley, this, this uh, Christopher Coley, the picture, did you see the picture? It, it looks like no, a mixture. No, you said not to look at it. Oh. Well, if you click on the link, it looks like a picture of, uh, it looks like a picture of shoe money mixed with like Brett Satoris and like Brent Kenny Hyder or something. I don't know. It's, or, it, it's, it looks like a, this is like what I imagine AI would make for a digital marketer. Well, anyway, Colleen makes $10 an hour. We don't even see his pants here. Wait, what? He's rating pants. By we don't way, even see his pants. Picking pants as an item was a choice, you know, <laughs> for the example. That's, you probably see a lot of things that are difficult, you know what I mean? And like that's a... Well, it's, like, he says it's, a pic, it's pants, not a picture of pants. I know, but I just think pants is like funnier than shirts. Also, there's no <laughs> actual pants on the shirt. internet. Everything is a picture of pants. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I could be paid twelve dollars okay. an hour for okay. this job. All right, bring it back in here. Keep it a positive. Sorry, Cole makes ten dollars an hour, and that is seventy cents above his home state of Ohio's minimum wage. Anyway, more power. Bless him. Listen, bless this Christopher Coley who is helping Google's algorithm work. I'm Team Coley here. But you also see like the downside of some of this stuff, right? Like when Google outsources all these things, I'm sorry, I've worked with many help members for Google, many support calls, and I've rarely talked to somebody that's making even $10 an hour, to be fair. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to many people like that are, that, that are they're paid more, but I would say the majority of, of folks that are, end up getting paid on this is probably along the lines of this so you're just like hey how much money do you make no i would say that many times things are not are, are outsourced for for a reason yeah because it, it's outsourced for the reason that you can say that we have this certain range that we're paying people and then you can say oh and i think the name of this company that he was on was like quality it was like quality raiders or something it was raider pros or something something weird like that um, I but, can't tell you how many times I've said to a customer service person, like whether it's Google or like something in my personal life, and I'm like, listen, I know it's not your fault, but. <laughs> so he works for Raider Labs. Okay. Okay. And so Google hires Raider Labs. And by doing that, you basically, you've offloaded, you know, that responsibility essentially. So that happens. There's all those folks that we see are harassing Google ads members saying that they need to raise their budgets. We made that one funny t-shirt for that one year. But I think I think the moral of the story for marketers to bring it back to everything is like, you don't maybe have the highest paid folks that are these quality raters. Mm -hmm. So you might be thinking anybody can tell what things are. And yeah, you could probably tell the difference between pants and a sculpture of pants, but it, you should really make sure that the information is quality and easy to understand. Like that's the takeaway from it because this obviously they're not making you know, they're not Elon Musk that's out there um, rating, you know, websites. And make it as long as it needs to be to be understood and better than your competitors. Bless you, Danny Goodwin. 
All right, and Google is adding troubleshooting for title links in valid page metadata help docs from Search Engine Roundtable. I liked what they gave. It was basically a bunch of issues that people see with title elements and when things might be rewritten. So if you have a post and the title tag says something like 2020 admissions criteria, University of Awesome is what they used. Mm -hmm. If there is a big H1 in there that says 2021, they may rewrite that. And another one was about stuffed animals saying that if they've got too much stuff in there and they might be better with just the, the front thing that says stuffed animals. They might rewrite it like that. So if you're interested in how they're doing that, check it out. Search on roundtable.com. And by way of Glenn Gabe, there is a new performance insights panel on the most recent version of the dev tools in Chrome 102. So if you are interested in your core web vitals, it's in Canary, Dev, or Beta channels, and you can really see the timeline. It's a nice visual as to when the first Contentful Paint was, the, cum the cumulative layout shift, and all those big words that I just can't deal with today. It's been one, folks. All right, and from Glenn Gabe again, he says, taking your money, your life to the next level. New from Neva. When you look up health-related information on Neva, we tell you which sites are supported by ads and we also give you the option to filter these pages out entirely with our handy hide ad supported button. So that's nice if you don't want ad supported information. My problem is everybody's making money. You're making money somehow. It might be good information. I feel like if you're making money on ads, you might be more neutral. Right? Like if you're making money schlepping product on my site and I'm like, oh, I've got, you know, these these pills that make you feel good or something. Like, like what you are know? Those? I don't know. It's the gas station pills that have a nickname that I can't say live on the air. You know, don't say it. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know I'm above the influence. Like you have these, you're schlepping pills, but you're not supported by ads. What's worse? I don't know. But anyway, cool that you can do this and you can filter them out. All right, Jessica Bud, don't look <gasps> at this, okay? Okay. I want you to rate this title. This is my last story on a scale of one to 10. Okay. 10 this being comes, good. Yeah, 10 being good. This comes from Shopify. Holy ship! Exclamation mark. Shopify to acquire deliver for 2.1 billion, building the future of global logistics for independent brands. I give them an eight. Would have been a 10, but Kmart did it. Yeah, it's kind of overdone. Okay. Well, they so are <laughs> they so. bought deliver. 2.1 billion, big chunk of change, and it's gonna help with um, basically fulfillment. So if you, the Shopify, again, we always talk about what should you use, what should you stay away from. Shopify is investing in it. It's to remove supply chain complexity and basically help to um, help people manage inventory and fulfill things. So pretty cool. Check it out if you want in our show notes, community.marketingclock.com. All right, and that's it in organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right, first up in social this week from social media today, Adobe has partnered with Meta, Meta to launch a new Express Your Brand training program. It is designed to help small business owners create more effective content and digital marketing strategies. The course aims to de demystify social media marketing while also incorporating training on Adobe Express to help participants build their own creative assets. Oh, I got a good idea. Yeah. So, so Meta is, is doing this? Made on Adobe. Yes, yeah. but made as names on it. See. Did you give incorrect information? <laughs> That's a good idea. Literally just navigating the ad platform when you have multiple clients in an account is so challenging 
Maybe you could be demystified with this course and learn how to use the Canva that you pay for. I don't (laughs) need to know how to use Canva. I need to know how to give someone access in an easier way. It's also not Canva. We're not hacking on Canva. That was an Adobe joke. But yeah. Much love for Canva. (sighs) Anyway. Not sponsored. (laughs) If you're interested, the program launches on May 17th with monthly training sessions and I don't, I have no idea if this costs anything. The CTAs say start for free, but I feel like they put the word start yeah, in there for start, a reason. Start is doing a lot of work in that <laughs> sense. Oh, I don't know. And speaking of money, this is a good thing. The article also notes Meta and Adobe will grant 10,000 black, Latinx, and Hispanic business owners a one-year premium subscription to Adobe Express. So that's great. I feel like that's a good thing. Again, there's money involved in Adobe Express. The course 10, may or may 000? not be free. It's like Adobe. Yeah, I it's don't. Adobe Express. Like, I have no you have idea how much that suite? costs either. That's another start for free CTA. I could get okay, no information. Okay, whatever, whatever, whatever. Hey, yeah. you know what? Positive vibes only here. And they're helping out the black, Latinx, and Hispanic community with these subscriptions. So mm-hmm. that's great. It's a step in the right direction. But kick it up to the full creative suite. Yeah, that'd be nice. It is premium. Take the course if you're interested, folks. We'll have the link. All right. So there was an article in Fortune that said that job interest in Twitter skyrocketed more than 250% since Elon Musk moved to take over, but that current employees are nervous. The article, that's the title. The article then goes on to say that countless Musk fans and the slight majority of Americans approve the takeover. But the staff, the Twitter staff are worried that it will dramatically change the company's culture and overall direction. There's a lot more to this article. You can read it if you want. But Elon Musk responded essentially by tweeting out this article and talking about the company's direction. And he said, if if Twitter acquisition completes, company will be super focused on hardcore software engineering, design, infosec, and server hardware. Those are a lot of things, and there's not a lot of details here, but again, he sort of responded. Which they, it, it all needs. Yeah. I mean, minus the design, I think it's pretty good, but... Not the ad platform design. But, but yeah. there, that's the marketer version of it. Yeah. Did not mention ads once. So if... Mm-hmm. And again, you heard it here first. Unlikely deal goes through, there's not going to be an ad focus. That's what you should take away from this. Yeah. Like, again, I think... He's trying to throw this whole deal or get a better price or do something. I don't think he's paying $44 billion or whatever it is for it, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, it also said there's not going to be permanent bans too, so. Yeah. Your thoughts? On permanent, permanent bans? Yeah. Of what? Users. I, I mean, I my husband will not let me write to inmates, so... I, I agree that people you, can speaking change. Speaking of which, you look like a freaking inmate. Right Who now. do you want to write to? I just feel like they need somebody on the outside making you, them feel a little bit they, better. Like life is okay. The world's not great. Hi. Yeah. Jess. You don't listen to this. Shep. She wants to talk to prison mates. You always see people that like go on these murder sprees. Yeah. And you're like, who would like no. this? You know how like people come in and they have like these conjugal visits? There's I'm like not trying to marry fetish. them. I want. You know how people come in There's and like, oh. There's a weird fetish. People are like, oh, I've got three wives in prison. I'm, yeah. you know, I kill I'm Charles Manson, and he's like a ladies' man. You always wonder who would write to these people. Mm-hmm. You're sitting next to her. Charles Manson's not my type. Okay, there are some prisoners that 
can be reformed and that's okay. But to just, did you have someone in mind or? I haven't gotten that far. I'm not allowed to do this. Can I say something? I don't let my husband tell me what to do, but I let him tell me not to do that because I feel like he's probably right. But like, I want to help. Help the animal. (laughs) They need help. By the way, you do look like a prisoner. This is my one shirt that's not all black. And you guys are giving me heck for it. For the for the audio listeners, it's black and white stripes. Yeah, okay, I'm but sure I'm not like on I don't have too. a chain gang type thing. I'm, it's fine. We should have you write to prisoners, but we just intercept them. Yeah, and we write them back. Just want to see what I'm writing. And it's that like because what a come whatever. Yeah, marketing. I, I think out. I think your husband is in the right place on that. I mean, probably it's. Anyway. You you like people that like you're you're attracted to people like murderers type. No, I just feel like people can change, but they're not going to do so if they're surrounded by negativity. They need more of your positive energy. Maybe yes. we should just send this podcast to prisoners. Maybe I'll start writing to them. You write to them. Can I write? Someone to them? needs to. Yeah, you. I'll can. have to get right, a clearance from my yeah. wife, but I'll start writing. I'm positive worried vibes. for you though. I don't want anyone to come for you. Trust me, I don't think. What I are you going to write? Like it's okay. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> It's not. Well, it depends what you they killed did. someone. I didn't say I was going to write to murderers. I said I was going to uh, write to you implied inmates. It. Some people go to jail for like traffic tickets. Nobody Who? goes to jail for traffic tickets. That's insanity. Like what? Oh, what happened to you? Oh, I was B and E, and I accidentally <laughs> stabbed someone. What happened to you? Oh, I parked in a handicapped spot. <laughs> Okay, so jail and prison are different. So I think people do go to jail oh. for unpaid prison tickets. So on a technicality, I win that one. Okay. Should we talk about marketing? Because I need to dig myself out of this hole. I think we're all in a hole at this point, to be honest. <sighs> Remember in Shawshank when they climb out at the end? That's us. <laughs> we're in the sewer. Okay. Let's go back to the bird. At Twitter Safety tweeted, we have been continuously working to combat spammy and duplicate Duplicative, duplicative, whatever. Duplicative, right? Duplicate. No, duplicative. I think it's duplicative content. (laughs) It's officially not an exact quote anymore. It's amazing that thousands of people listen to this. To be honest, (laughs) we can't even say thousands of words. Um, duplicative content on Twitter at scale and our new copy pasta. That's correct. <gasps> and duplicate content policy clarifies what constitutes a violation along with what happens when it's violated. And then they shared a link, and you can read that if you're interested. Good luck on that. I'm Sarah, just hungry. Sarah Stemmen at Runner Kick on Twitter should like this because people were stealing all of her columns, and I feel personally offended by it. Yeah. She should refer to the copy pasta. Justice document. for Sarah and justice for pasta. <laughs> <laughs> From 9to5Mac Twitter, sticking with Twitter here, Twitter is testing a new conversation thread button for spaces. From the article, Twitter will automatically send a space card as a tweet right after the host opens a room, and then other users will be able to send tweets directly from that space. The thread will be accessible by a new chat button that is shown right next to the reactions within the space. So it just seems like an easier way and a, a more prominent way to engage with each other in spaces. Another test from the platform, according to social media today, and evidenced by a screenshot from Matt Navarra, TwikTok. You just said TwikTok. I did. TwikTok, I think I said. They're both of the platforms are in this. But you meant to say that Twitter Twitter. is currently testing out a new format for its Explore page that looks exactly like TikTok. TikTok. So TwikTok. Patent Patent TwikTok? Call me. 
legal folks um, or inmates. <laughs> for those of you who, like me, have no idea what TikTok looks like, the view is complete with a For You page that highlights top content matched to you based on popularity of your noted interests. So the updated layout has two elements, a trending page and a personalized or top trends page. I don't know why Twitter is doing this. Whatever. Everybody just wants to be TikTok. But it doesn't matter because TikTok is changing faster than people can copy it. According to Tube Filter, TikTok is replacing the Discover tab with friends. That may be a stretch. That's the name of the article. It is not officially doing that, but the platform being TikTok, did tweet that it's expanding the new tab called Friends to more users. And folks that have seen this in the wild have reported seeing the Friends tab where the Discover tab was. And in the screenshots that I've seen, the Discover tab is gone. So while TikTok didn't say that one would replace the other, that's what it looks like for All folks right. that have seen it's it. It's nice to have the option. And yeah. Killer, I think, is our resident TikTok most avid user. For sure. Yeah. Killer, do you see the Friends tab instead of the Discover tab? No. But this is confusing to me because you're on like the home page where you have for you and following. So who you're following is your friends, right? Oh. So then what's friends? Are you getting rid of like the following? It's like, yeah, I follow my friends, but I also follow like, you know, creators, whatever, that aren't my friends. So is this like a whole separate thing? Like I was very confused. It's also like the opposite of what Discover is, too. Right. It's the op- It's anti-Discover. Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Killer, keep us updated if you see anything changing. All right. Um, another change apparently in the works. This is from Alessandro Paluzzi. He spotted that TikTok might be working on an enhanced adjust clip feature. We will have a screenshot for that if you're watching us on video, or you can check the link on Discord or in our newsletter for what that looks like. Shop, this is for us gamer girlies. Oh, I'm ready. Are you? I'm not. Um, Matt Navarro tweeted that Facebook has made the player info feature available to all groups. I don't understand what this is. It's a screenshot. It lets members see what games others are playing on Facebook. So like it's actually... Farmville? Yeah. It's doing what we do and calling us gamers when we're not. But like what does that have to do with groups? Maybe game groups. But do the Swifties care that you're playing Candy Crush? I don't think so. Quick question. Jess, resident gamer at large here mm-hmm. on Marketing Clock. Candy Crush, still playing. Absolutely. Every day. Every day of my life. When's the last day you missed a day of Candy Crush? Over a week ago, at least. Wow. Actually, no, they have a What thing. level are you? I'm in like the 4,000s, but I'm 4, on at least thousand? a 30-plus day streak because you get a new gift every day, and my indicator bar hasn't gone back to zero. I'm on a 30-plus day streak. Unbelievable. Two in the morning when I get up from the couch to go to bed. I'm up for like an hour, so that's what I'm doing. That's really, I can't relate to you. Unbelievable. <laughs> I relate to that, though. I, I just don't like going to bed. I don't know. There's I something about it. going to bed. I hate it. I'd rather just be up. It's probably just because I'm working longer. And I, I don't know. Yeah, but then you need the time. I you need, need the, time. the time to yourself. So when I know, everyone else goes yourself. to sleep. It's like nobody could take this away from me. Yeah, I'm with you. So, yeah, use that time. Do something other than Candy Crush or, you know, send me lives. Okay, something you should care about other than my gaming habits. If you're active on LinkedIn, there is an update to the feed algorithm that is aiming to downrank engagement, baiting, posts, and polls. So no! if that's your game. I love LinkedIn bros. Mm, you know what I mean? They're going to take a hit. Business memes are over. They're going to take a hit. Business memes are over. 
Yeah, business I memes let, never because started. of this announcement. Or Where am I getting my business memes? You just have not to scroll LinkedIn. farther. There's some good business memes on Twitter. I don't know. If they're getting rid of all the all the sappy crap on LinkedIn, where are we going to get it? Now, I'm, I, I think this is the best move LinkedIn's ever made. I, agree. I hate that I stuff. I agree. And so folks that are making real content might see a little boost. Love it. Best move they've ever made. Yeah. Retweet. Retweet and rejoice if you are an original creator on Facebook. I know there's like one of you out there. So listen up person from TechCrunch made it recently said it would prioritize original content in its algorithms and now it's going to pay for it to help fend off the TikTok threat. Meta announced this week it will dole out additional bonuses to Reels creators who are publishing original content on Facebook. So that's something. Don't be reusing your stuff, I guess. Imagine being like, that's my job. I'm a a creator of Reels, but only on Facebook. I know, not even Instagram Reels, original Facebook Reels. That's so unbelievably stupid. Like, that's so stupid. It's real life, though. That's what you did there. (laughs) All right, next up from Killer, a.k.a. Swippert, in our Discord community. You should really be Killer in the Discord community. You should. Nobody knows who Swippert is. No. That's okay. <laughs> I called her Steph on a client call the other day and it felt really weird. It's so we have a new client, but I call you Shep on that call. For yeah. sure. She's great. Yeah. Me? Yes, yeah. you and Shep the is great. No. Yeah. But half the time I'm like, oh, and Shep said, oh, whoops. <laughs> we have like all these nicknames. It's super hard. But Kbergs, it's, it's, yeah. it's too much. Kbergs, mm-hmm. Killer, Shep. And then we start giving people nicknames before they start. We have a whole bunch of people starting. That was me. Shep was one of Shep them. Shep was one of them. Mm-hmm. We have a new person, K. <laughs> just calling her K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just too much. Um, did we share the news from Swippert? No. I don't know who she is. Killer said, um, I think this one minute plus video sticker is new on TikTok. And she shared a screenshot. You should be in our Discord, community.marketingclock.com. You would have seen this already. But if you didn't, it'll be up on the screen right now. I, do you have feelings on this killer? I like. I guess it's nice to know something's going to be longer than a minute. But There's usually a bar at the bottom anyway, though. Yeah. So what do you have feelings? I don't. I think it's helpful. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I kept, I keep like trying to click on it to see if like it's an actual button. But I think it's just a sticker to let you know. No, oh, more information for the people. That's fine. Finally, here an update from our friend over at Instagram, Adam Masseri. What is he doing with his hands? Okay, it doesn't matter. The point is, look how zoomed out he is <laughs> compared to out. usual. Only- Jess, he's only zoomed out so he can be doing the things that make sense thing with his hands. Is that what he's doing or is he just really in the middle of a good point? I This is a random screenshot. I didn't capture the hands on purpose. I just, it's not his, just his face. But what once. has he got? What garbage is he have? Information? I don't know. Should I read it? Yeah. Um, he has NFTs on Instagram. Ta-da oh, emoji. Perfect. This week, we're beginning to test digital collectibles with a handful of U.S. creators and collectors who will be able to share NFTs on Instagram. There will be no fees associated with posting or sharing digital collectibles on IG. See you next week. Peace emoji. Peace. What on earth is a shirt he's wearing? I feel like this is how I know I'm out of fashion. Like maybe we should do a fashion this makeover for me sometime. This shirt is th- three sizes too big. It is large for and him. And yeah. the collars on it look like something like Brian Colangelo from the 76ers. I wear. never Shout know out Julie anything Bacini. you're saying. Well, your husband will know what I'm talking about. What do you about. think of his necklace? 
I think I don't it's see it. Fantastic. It's buried in his chest hair. Oh wait, it's sneaking out of the bottom. It's down. It's like between buttons, but it's off to the side. I don't know. I think they this is just the first time side. we've seen his body. I don't know what y'all are mad. Like usually, it's just his face. I'm over it, and I'm over NFTs. We're done with them. And I'm over social, so we're done here. All right, now onto our segment. Segments where we're going to keep it social by a new segment called "Briefly, Really Viral with Killer." So we put out one of our shooting hacks last week on Instagram on a reel and it like really took off for a while there and it was pretty crazy. I was on a call and I was trying to message killer throughout it, Mm -hmm. but we launched it. It was Shep talking about the gravy tubes and how fast did it go pick up killer? I would say in 10 minutes, 10 minutes. It was about 4,000 views in 10 minutes. Is that fair? A little longer than that, but I mean, my notifications were going crazy. You know how you like see those videos of of a phone just going off? It just kept, my phone wouldn't stop moving. It was like for a few minutes there, we had nothing but updates coming into my phone. And again, I was on a call, but I think in a 30 minute period, 35 minute period, something Mm -hmm. like that, we had about 7,000 views, Mm -hmm. 200 likes and all these save. How many people are like saving it? It's crazy. Eight people to save it. 24 people sent it. And it's you talking about it's all gravy, about the tubes. gravy tubes. Gravy tubes. Nobody wants them. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the moral of the story for marketers is use reels, even if you hate them on Instagram, they're pushing them hard. So we think we might have got that into explore tab for a minute. Um, and I think, too, like make it good quick, I would right. say, too. Like mm-hmm. make it really good quick. Like your gravy tube thing, I think honestly should have moved forward if we were to try to redo this whole thing. But um, again, reels are, are like a legit thing as much as I hate them. They're here to stay. Yeah. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Okay, a lot of times when I am making a new campaign and plan on using smart bidding, my go-to strategy is to launch it with maximized conversion to try to get it spending a little quickly and to ramp up and then switch to like a target CPA or target ROAS. And I'm trying to do that in an account right now and it just won't spend. So I don't know if we have things too segmented, like it was spending with ECPC and max conversion has just been really slow to ramp up. So hardly working for me. Jess? Hardly working for me, GA4. If you were one of those folks that listened to us early on and just got it set up, even if you didn't look at it, you may have noticed that you're missing session data prior to October 2021. They changed the way they be Google changed the way that sessions were calculated or whatever at that point. So they just deleted everything prior to that. So if you want to see any sort of indication of sessions prior to October 2021, you have to look at session start events which are slightly different and if you're doing any kind of reporting like in data studio you have to blend the data it's absolutely insane that they would just remove things and bless sarah burke data by sarah here at cypress north she actually got the answer from google and and figured out why this was happening and why those things went away and i'm just passing it off as my learnings because she was venting to me but that is insane so if you are missing session data prior in ga4 session session data prior to October 2021, you're not getting it back. Look at session starts and know that it may be slightly off from other reporting that you're looking at, but it's the best you can do. Rude. Mm-hmm. Cool. <clears throat> All right. And as at least everybody knows, 
I'm really hard on myself in general as a person. Like yeah. this is sort of like a persona and in real life, like, I don't know, I just get really down on stuff and, and down in general. So I've been trying to like be more grateful for some of the stuff that I have. And you all work really hard. You all are not hardly working. You're working hard. And I just really appreciate the ability to like work with you all. I'm super grateful for you all. Like I just want you to know that. So wow, you're the best. <laughs> I, I mean that. Like I'm, I'm you, you, you all are phenomenal. That so. is so nice. Likewise, yeah. I don't want to throw it back to you, but we learned from you. We just said on an interview yesterday that we went to the Greg Finn School of Marketing. Actually, I did. So don't yeah, take but credit. you stole that from me. You stole that from me. I say it every time. <laughs> we love you, Greg. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is great for research, so don't be smirch. It's the ad miner from that the- That was an all-timer bad. <laughs> really? I thought it was so good. Slash good. Be, be smirched. First of all, it's a call out to Greg because he stole my rhyme earlier. Second of all, it, it makes sense. I'm really trying to do this every week with original content. All right. The cool tool this week is the ad miner from folks over at PPC Ad Editor. And a big thanks to the one and only Brett, a.k.a. Brett Badowski, for calling this out. Great find. So what does it do? It's a Chrome extension that scrapes Google text ads and lets you easily download them and save those ads plus related keywords into a spreadsheet. So we're talking individual headlines, descriptions, extensions, and more. It is really handy for competitive research and also just creative inspiration. Lots of tools for that this week. Again, that is the AdMiner Chrome extension. As always, we will have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. Funny story about Brett. I was DMing Andrea Cruz. And she's now at Tenuity with Brett. And we were talking back and forth. I'm like, oh, you get to work with Brett. That's so cool. Can you send him this message? Brett, exclamation point. I think she did. I didn't hear what it had to Wait, say. Wait, the message was Brett. The message was Brett with a slammer. It's his end. name. <laughs> so, Brett. So good. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right. And this week's must read marketing article of the week comes from PBC Kirk at PBC Kirk on Twitter. And he's got an article on the Zato marketing blog called Keyword Match Type Segmentation is Dead. I give him a ton of credit for putting this out there into the ether because people are ruthless. I guess PBC people are generally like not as ruthless as SEOs, but talks about why you why in many cases segmentation isn't needed anymore and does a great job of not giving absolutes and making sure that's pretty clear. But goes on to talk about a bunch of the reasons saying that that he's been a, a staunch defender of match type segmentations and he's usually talking about ad groups here. Um, also that close variance and algorithmic intelligence have decreased the need for segmentation and also that basically in this new era, one runs the risk of limiting exposure more than helping with this segmentation and how do you organize it basically. So I went through and said, there's many reasons why you put all the different match types together in an ad group and within a campaign. Uh, one thing I think is not correct. And Shep, you wrote a book. I, I, I'm oh, pretty please. sure this is not mm -hmm. correct. But if you look at the example in the notes, he says, for example, in the past, targeting exact match 
Star Wars iPhone 13 Pro Max case and exact match would limit you to only people searching for those exact words in that order. Then misspellings and word order crept in, so you might actually you might match to someone actually typing in iPhone misspelled 13 Pro Max Star Wars case. Correct. And then he says the final nail in the coffin of close variants came with intent matching. In this era, you could theoretically match for someone Google has learned in the past searches for iPhone 13 Pro Max accessory who also likes Star Wars and then searches for what's a good phone case. I didn't think that worked like that for exact match. What, the same intent? That if your exact match was Star Wars iPhone 13 Pro Max case, that you could show up for what's a good phone case. I mean, in theory, I don't think that's the same intent, but it's up to Google to know. They do match the same intent. But in that case, there's no iPhone, yeah. there's no 13, and there's no Star Wars. I would say that's not same intent, but that's my whole problem with close variants. It's like, what is? how do they know what the same intent is? Right. But I think this is a great read. He's got a ton of edits in there. He says, I don't use broad on everything. He's very, very... It, it's just nice when people aren't polarizing and it's a great thought piece is mm-hmm. pbc kirk is known to have so check that out over on zato marketing thank you kirk okay are we still doing a furry fun fact we sure are shop okay. but i'm going to be nice to you this week i'm going to give you a reprieve from learning vermin instead i have don't bore me interesting facts about swine <laughs> they're not even furry <laughs> technically all mammals have hair and hair is kind of a little bit furry mm-hmm. Not the fact I was going to share, but I think that's accurate. Okay, so despite the common phrase, sweat like a pig, pigs only have a few sweat glands, and they're not necessarily useful for temperature adjustment. So instead, they roll around in cool water or mud. Despicable. (laughs) And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingaclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. What is going on the playlist this week, Greg? All right, so for me, this came across Spotify. I have no idea what this is. It's called Gemini's, but it's like Gemini, like the 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 sign, and it's called Drive. It's maybe the exact opposite. It's chill. You're trying to chill out, or maybe if you're like into drugs, you might like this too. I'm not, except for alcohol, caffeine, and antibiotics for my finger. But Gemini's Drive, if you like. I will be picking about Darn Time by Lizzo. I'm not going to say the real word because... Um, Stephanie, a.k.a. Killer, has been listening to this episode for like two hours at this point. So you're welcome. Jess, you did get my joke, don't bore me, right? Like a bore. Yeah, I thought it was the name of the article. Oh, no, that was my name. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know where credit was due. That's okay. It's due to me. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And um, thanks for seeing me. My song this week is Vagabonds, Vagabonds, whatever, by New Model Army. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And Jess has come to us with a new draft idea today. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to the class? Yes, it's everyone's favorite draft. Okay. It mm-hmm. is the Sounds of Summer. Ultimate okay. Sounds of Summer. What is your team? You're drafting your picks. Okay. Mm, should I let you go first? 
Sure. How many are we doing each? Four. That sounds good. All right. Okay. Okay. Jess. So I will start. I am going to start with that little, I can't even do it, that little ding, when a baseball makes connection with a bat. Ah, oh, that wow. was <laughs> Number one too. baseball bat. Wow. <sighs> Number one baseball bat. Not on my list. Yeah. Unbelievable. Inspired by that footage of your daughter I just watched, Greg. Oh Thank gosh. you for that. Okay, mm-hmm. Killer, you're next. Okay. I have parents yelling at their kids' games. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Bad That's fans. Yeah. yeah. That can happen all the time, though. You're just like, yes, this is summer. Basketball parents aren't great either. <laughs> okay, Greg. All right, my number one is... And it's probably different. There's people in Florida and southern climates that have this all year round. But birds. I love waking up to the sound of birds. I'm not a big bird guy, but the sound of birds in the morning is just the best way to wake up. And I love it here where there's actually sun in the morning at like 6 o'clock. I get up so much earlier. I feel so much better. The sound of birds, unbelievable. That is the sound that inspired this game. I heard it out the window of my office today, and I'm like, that's good. So good pick. Okay, I cannot believe that I'm fourth and mine is still on the list. I'm picking lawnmowers. I think that is the best way to wake up in the morning. And the best part of it is it's like someone else is doing work and I'm in bed. feels so good. (laughs) And make sure everyone's keeping track of their list. Yeah. Serpentine? Okay. You have another one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Serpentine. So, Greg. No, so you no, get another one. It's you. <laughs> yeah, you played this hundreds of times okay. at this point. I'm going to go with um, this is a big one for me growing up in food service, too, but like a sizzling grill. Oh, good one. I didn't have that on my list. But okay, great. Right. All right, just again, around here, you don't hear a lot of it in the summer, but every now and then you hear one ripping down the road, motorcycles. Mm. You hear so many more motorcycles, and you're outside, so motorcycles are a sound of summer. Killer? I said um, the ice cream trucks. Ah! Ooh! I I didn't think of that. That's good. I didn't think of that either. On my turn? So... It's a very specific sound. It's like not at your house, but your neighbor's house. And you're nowhere near it and you don't know what's going on. You don't know people are even outside. And then all of a sudden you hear in the distance that splash of someone landing in a pool. Oh. That is summer. I had that on my list too. Okay. Oh, I get another one? Yep. Serpentine. All right. Keeping it recreational here. Um, even though you could hear this all year long and you definitely do in my house there's just something about that summertime cracking open of a canned beverage I have that on my list too this is hard there's not as many sounds as I have think. a lot more okay well. okay killer I have it's also an experience but having the windows down in your car and listening to music mm. very nice mm-hmm. it is a very different sound when you're not closed in yes all right so my next one is Everybody knows I'm a big tree person here, former member of the National um, Arbor Society. The rustling of leaves, specifically poplar leaves in the summer, unbelievable. That's fall. No, 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 no. You need them attached (laughs) and hanging on while the wind blows and they shake back and forth. If you ever hear a poplar tree, aka a cottonwood, you will love the sound. Okay. My next selection, again, can't believe this is still available. Cicadas and bugs at night. Mm. That 
Buzzing yeah. is my next pick. Hate the bugs, but the sound's pretty nice. Heat bugs? Is that another name for cicadas, right? Um, I don't know. Because cicadas are also like they have them where I grew up and they come out every 17 years and they swarm and you like heard the shells crunching under your car because there were so many and it was so loud. Brood X. I was in the South for that. But oh, yeah. Wait, they, then, have, they have them in West Virginia? Uh, I'm not from West Virginia. Mountain Thank Mama. you. Um, but then people call other things cicadas, so I don't get it. Okay, my last selection here, because that is how a serpentine works. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the sound of falling asleep to your ceiling fan being turned on. Ooh, good that's good. That's oh, good. Yeah. Okay, well, I won. So does anyone else want to pick just for fun? We yeah, we more. all have one more except you. How dare you? Okay. All right, so mine is going to be the sound of a playground hoop, like the super sturdy metal ones, when you hit a shot and it hits the rim, it just makes a different noise. It's that metally noise. It feels mm. like there's an echo to it almost. Way different than inside hoops. It's like And like the, no net, right? Yeah, or, or yeah. you hear the chain swish, right? Yeah. It's like that metal, that but that bounce off of the rim. It's like, it vibrates in your, in your head. So the, the playground basketball hoop noise. I love this. Killer. I'm surprised this one's still out there, but I said thunderstorms. Ooh. Oh, man. That is good. Every time someone picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> we just love summer. We yeah, get like a month of summer. warm weather. Uh, okay. It's do you one. have one more? Of course I do. Okay. I've only had three so far. Okay, I sorry. started this. I'll finish I it. totally know how serpentine works. Um, It's really, really hard, but I'm going to go with that of a sliding glass door. That's a good oh, one, too. God. I almost said, like, the sw uh, screen door swinging shut. Yes. Ooh, also good. good. Just summer doors. Doors that you don't use <laughs> any other time of year. Okay, everyone go around and read your list for the class. Jess, go oh. first. Thank you, Shep. Uh, when a baseball makes that connection with the bat, uh, a pool splash, cracking open a canned beverage, and sliding glass doors. Nice. Killer. I said thunderstorm, ice cream truck song, um, parents yelling at their kids' games, and then having music playing when the, with the windows down in your car. Very good. All right. And I have birds, <laughs> motorcycles, the leaves rustling on a tree, and playground basketball hoop noises. Okay. And the winning list is lawnmowers, sizzling grills, cicadas, and ceiling fans. There's really no summer without any of these sounds. This is a good team effort. I, I feel know. like I'm ready. So we'll have to put a poll in Spotify, maybe Twitter. We'll see. And we'll see you next week.